This is an IG paid post. The news and editorial staff of the Financial Times had no role in its preparation. Welcome to IG's Decoding the Markets. I'm Jeremy Naylor and joining me today on the podcast to discuss the UK economy and the prospects as Brexit Day approaches is the UK economist at Capital Economics, Andrew Wishart, and Daily FX analyst, Nick Corley. Andrew, I'd like to start off with you if I can. How would you appraise the current economic environment here in the UK? Well, the UK economy has been slowing steadily for a couple of years now, and we're down to underlying growth that is around 0.2%, so very weak because of weak investment and the manufacturing downturn. Um, Obviously, in Q2, uh, GDP contracted, but we really don't think there's going to be a recession because consumer spending is going to continue to underpin the economy. But I think one thing to note is now that the economy is is slowed down to a, a place where the MPC are no longer looking to raise interest rates they're going to be on hold and perhaps even cut, depending on how Brexit turns out. Nick, what's your uh, appraisal of the current situation, bearing in mind your specialism, sterling? Mm-hmm. Um, how does that play into where we are? Um, I think sterling has really put uh, most monetary policy decisions to one side, and, and it's just really playing off a of Brexit background. Um, you know, if you if you took away Brexit from where the UK economy is now, sterling would be you know substantially higher, say, against the dollar high 130s, low 140s. Um, so Brexit really has just been the, com- the dominant driver for a good year now on any sterling movement. Um, and, in, and you can see it, and Andrew was talking about growth, um, you, see, you see the Brexit effect. So you had the stockpiling in Q1. So you saw GDP Q1 growth of 0.5% before the original Brexit day of March the 31st. Then that was all sold off in the second quarter, so you've got a minus 0.2% reading. Um, Q3 is expected to be positive of people have been stockpiling again ahead of the October 31st Brexit day. And now it looks as if that's not happening. You know, you may even start getting this sell-off going into the Q4. Andrew, uh, from an economist's point of view, how much has uh, Brexit played on the current economic performance of the UK in in your mind? And Nick was talking a little bit there about uh, some of the implications. Um, Do you agree with what he's saying or is there anything else that we should be considering, bearing in mind we are close to Brexit Day, which may or may not happen on the 31st of October? Well, I think, um, you know, as we're saying, Brexit's definitely slowed the economy down and and has caused weaker demand, particularly in business investment. And I think that's what I wouldn't do is maybe separate out monetary policy and sterling altogether. Because if you think that Brexit is a drag on demand, then that could almost be a replacement for higher interest rates. If we get rid of that drag on demand, potentially interest rates rise. And that's just another reason to expect um, you know, sterling to, to rise if we have uh, a resolution to Brexit. So I think it's all um, intertwined and, and people are thinking about the outlook for interest rates as well as Brexit because I think you know, it, it all is interdependent. Mm. Let's steer the conversation around to recession. The technical definition of recession is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. The UK has had experience recently of a slight uh, negative number in GDP. Do you see a technical or otherwise recession coming in the UK economy? Um, absolutely not. 
unless there's a no-deal Brexit. So I think what we've seen is obviously... No deal, you're talking about a cliff edge. A cliff edge, no deal, exactly. So I think Q2, Q3, we're not going to see any recession. Uh, we had really good data in July, and we ha- and even if GDP is completely flat in uh, August and September, you get 0.4% GDP growth in Q3. And I think um, even f- further ahead, if we don't have a... As, as long as we don't have a no deal, consumer spending still growing about 0.4, 0.5% a quarter. That And, you know, inflation's now falling 1.7%. Uh, all that is good for real wages and suggests that the economy is going to keep trundling, trundling along at a low but positive growth rate. Um, but obviously, Brexit could mean that that goes higher. Or, of course, if there's a no deal, the disruption could blow that off course. How do you see Brexit, Nick, um, influencing things? I mean, monetary policy especially. Um, first of all, do you see the chances of recession in the UK economy? Um, no, I, I'd agree with Andrew on this. I think you know, consumer spending is strong. Uh, real wages are currently between 1.9 and 2.1%, depending on you know, bonus or ex-bonus. Um, and if you've only got this Brexit background as well, which perhaps is stopping people spend, because, you know, everybody's a bit hesitant, everybody's a bit worried about the future. If there is some kind of resolution, even if it's pushing Brexit down the road for another three or six months, you know, which basically that's going to be the EU's decision now, um, you may see that sort of relieving a bit of the, the stress on people and, and people sort of spending a little bit more or be willing or happy to make sort of longer-term investments. Does, Andrew, does the potential um, delay or postponement of Brexit for further six months, does it help the economy or does it just inject more um, uncertain environment for businesses? And how, how do they cope with that and what will the ultimate effect be on the, on the economy? I think a lot of that depends on what kind of delay we get. I mean, this latest delay has been hugely disruptive um, and we've, you know, we saw with... Uh, the hangover from the cliff edge. If we're going to, we're going to be could be bumping around zero. If we have similar stock building and destocking, um, but I think and also and uh, but I think we could also have a longer delay where perhaps we kind of the politics moves to a more uh, stable place where you know we have a delay of a year or something. And in that case, potentially, um, you know, people are a little bit less worried. Firms can carry out some short-term investment projects and potentially the uh, growth in the economy could pick up a bit. Um, so there's you know, two scenarios even within delay, I think. What, what does all that do for the Bank of England and interest rates? Well, that's a great question, actually, because in the latest meeting, um, the bank added some language to its minutes saying that if there's, in the current sort of political equilibrium, um, that they found that Slack is starting to open up in the economy again. Um, before, they just had language on what happens in a no deal and what happens in a deal where they still say think they'll raise rates. But now uh, they think that if, if we continue to get these cliff edges, um, Slack's going to open up. Inflationary pressures might subside a bit, the implication of which is that we could have rate cuts if we continue having these kind of disruptive cliff edges. And what does all that do, Nick, to sterling? Um, yeah, I mean, as I said before, I mean, I, I do believe that Brexit is is still the driver for, for Sterling's direction. I think what you're seeing now in the, in the markets, anyhow, it, OK, it's kind of sort of short-termism from a lot of traders, but I think you're finding bases being built in Sterling pairs across the board. And I think unless we do have a hard Brexit, that was you say, a sort of cliff-edge Brexit, um, I don't think we're going to uh, see those lows again. 
I think that we're just going to sterling's going to gently creep higher. Uh, I mean, we're around 124 and a half on cable against you know against the US dollar. There's notable uh, resistance levels around 127.80 and 131 and a half. Euro sterling could go down from we are 88.20 now could go down to 85. Uh, as I said, I think you're going to see this gentle building of some strength in sterling. Uh, the COT report, the Commitments of Traders report, shows that you know the professional accounts are very short of sterling, and I think this could start to to to, to hurt them. Okay, gentlemen, thanks so much indeed. Uh, that was IG's decoding the markets uh, as Brexit Day approaches. Talking there about the UK economy with UK economist at Capital Economics Andrew Wishart and Daily FX analyst Nick Corley. Thank you. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.